Hello lovers, happy Monday. I am so excited to be back and I just want to thank you all so much. I got so much love for my clunky as fuck uh, podcast last week. Um, just great to be back. You know, like I said, sometimes we've just got to, in our humanness, be clunky, just get it out there do the thing and it it gives us this momentum, right? So I've actually been super excited to record this one for you now for like a whole week. Um, So I'm here. It's Monday the 14th of February 2022. Uh, It is, you know, typically Valentine's Day. Well, it's not typical. It is Valentine's Day. So there's lots of love, love, love going around right now. Take a look around, as many things to love in your life, the people, your family, your friends, nature, the birds, yourself, of course. So I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, let's get into this week's astrology. So there's some big stuff. Um, ultimately, uh, as I spoke about last week in last week's episode, I gave a little rundown on the Mercury retrograde and how... You know, he goes through his shadow to give you the insight as to what will be happening. Then he stations retrograde. Then he starts moving back over that territory where he's already given you the information. Then he stations direct and he moves back over for the third time. And that's where we're at right now. Mercury is about to move into Aquarius, uh, which is where he did his retrograding. (laughs) Um, And yeah, this is, you know, this is really great for... Tapping into your own inner genius, really opening the crown chakra. You know, Aquarius energy is that crown, is absorbing all universal information, letting it flow in, not blocking it. And when you're blocked in your own higher creative self, you will know because you possibly might not remember your dreams. You might get a lot of migraines or headaches, anything to do with the third eye, crown chakra, ear chakras and throat chakra. As we can see, it's all the head. You know, this is very you know, heady. And although, yes, Aquarius, Uranus doesn't rule the crown chakra, the energetics I'm talking about here, I'm talking about the energetics of being open. So Uranus, ruler, he is pouring all of this wisdom. He is the lightning god, the sky god. So is Mercury, the planet of uh, communication, the mind, study, teaching, learning, uh, anything to do with technology, short travels, as Mercury moves back in to Aquarius, where he will continue to be in his direct shadow uh, for most of February. Well, we're halfway through, right? So for another little bit now, another week or so, another, oh, maybe it's one or two weeks. Yeah. Um, we're going to have reinstated ideas come back and land. So so opening the crown chakra and when we see the image of the water bearer, which is Aquarius, right? Of course, it's not a water sign. It's an air sign. But the water bearer is pouring all universal information and wisdom and teachings and learnings and signs and synchronicities into the crown, which is into the brain, right? And we know that Aquarius being a fixed air sign, but ultimately an air sign, very intellectual, yeah, it's very brain driven. So it's very quantum-y, okay? So when Mercury's in Aquarius, it's very quantum, out of the box, think out of the box, but don't get too stuck in the rigid, I'm right, arrogance, you're wrong. And we've seen that. 
that, you know. Um, everyone sort of bangs on about Aquarius age, Aquarius age, thinking it's going to be Kumbaya friggin' Woodstock. Like, I'm like, are you fucking for real? Do you know anything about astrology? Do you see that many Aquarians just having a great time with a million people? And look, uh, astrology isn't people, but let's be honest, Aquarius energy is not this love and light, love and light, like we're harmonious, we're union. No, they are not. They're a fixed air sign. So they could be very rigid in their beliefs, very inhibited, even in the way that they take information in. Yeah. So, so maybe jump off the, oh, Aquarius age bandwagon whilst yes, the level of non-attachment and sense of futuristic ways we can see that that's coming out hello metaverse like you know everyone's so oh this is awful and all these things but still banging on about Aquarian age this is the Aquarian age my friends you know Elon Musk North Node and Aquarius he's a pioneer for bringing us things from the future right so the Aquarius energy whilst has this sort of law of detachment to see the bigger picture and to be able to not be emotionally involved. And that's why Aquarius sort of gets the, uh, you know, the, the, it's the archetype where it can be seen as non-emotional, but because it's sifting a lot of what's going on through the mind. Yeah. So when Mercury is in Aquarius, we'll be doing the same thing, sifting a lot of things through the mind. So we don't want to get stuck in these inhibited, you're right. It's very, as we've seen, two-sided at the moment out there. And trust me, the gray area is a much nicer place to swim because it's not just you've done this or you haven't done this. Yes, society and the government want to play you against me, me against them, us against them, all the things. And actually, that's a very strong type of the Aquarian archetype, right? So, and now that Jupiter has moved into Pisces, you know, we had Jupiter still in Aquarius as well and Saturn in Aquarius, you know. Um, so there was this very rigid, you know, tension that we've been working with. But the thing is, is that Jupiter's moved into his traditional home rulership of Pisces. There's a lot more flow now. And once we move out of Aquarius season, you know, we're going to start to really embody this a little bit more. Um, even though, uh, you know, we've still got Venus and, and Mars to move into Aquarius and do their little journey in Aquarius um, over the next, uh, you know, month and a half as well. But this is a good time to have Mercury in Aquarius to really open the crown chakra. What are you, you know, and the ear chakras for me are really important. They connect to the third eye. And right now I'm doing like a little, like I'm doing like an octahedron, right? Like this is the, you can't see me, but this is what I'm doing. The ear chakras are connected to the throat chakra. The ear chakras are connected to the crown and they're all connected. And this has a lot to do with our dreams. Are we listening? What are we speaking? Are we in alignment? Are we in our truth? Uh, you know, do we talk too much and not listen enough? Do we listen too much and not talk enough? Do you remember your dreams? Are you being creative? Are you connected and in alignment to your higher self, to the higher wisdoms and teachings of the universe? This is Uranus. This is Uranus, lightning God. He will strike. He will give you these innovative ideas. So, take that in. <laughs> you know, enjoy that. Enjoy Mercury and Aquarius. Um, we have Mars and Venus, you know, nice and tight dancing together, the masculine and the feminine, how, of course, in perfect alignment that Mars and Venus come exact today and it's Valentine's Day, you know, but they're going to be exact for a lot of this, this time over the next um, three or four weeks and then start to separate late March. So they're dancing together and this isn't, you know, this isn't typically very 
common and it's because of Venus's retrograde she's slow Mars is you know Mars is caught up she's going to start to speed up so they're doing this little dance together in the sky the masculine and the feminine it's in Capricorn so it's you know a Saturn ruled sign but this is great for us getting creative projects done being really productive and of course you know um, one of my favorite quotes is you haven't had sex until you've had sex with a Capricorn and I must say I am a Taurus. My husband is a Capricorn. You know, it's a bull and a goat, you know, <laughs> like very, very robust animals. I, I love Joel said to me, Joel's my husband, if you don't know. I mean, yeah, you might not know. You might not know much about me. Hey, I'm Tiani. And I've just jumped straight into this podcast. Anyway, um, so yeah, Joel, we were talking about like, because for me, it's all around symbols, right? I've got Pallas Athena in the ninth house in Gemini. So for me, symbology Uh, is so important and when we come to astrology and even when I teach astrology you know I like to look at actually well what rules Taurus the bull and my husband reminded me he's like you know I always say what do bulls love to do like realistically they want to eat and they want to fuck like that's it and they will fight you you know we know that they will run after you and they will horn you if you have pushed them too far and for anyone who knows me or anyone who has a strong Taurus archetype or you know someone with a strong Taurus archetype this is a part of the archetype now I just want to put a little disclaimer out because I'm going to be doing these very regularly um, like weekly Um, I mean I'm super excited to be carving out my Mondays to do this podcast um so and to build this platform and to build this community and for you all to learn more about what's going on astrologically and energetically for the week ahead or just little tidbits right so the thing is is that now I've lost my train of thought because I always always do that but anyway we're talking about the symbology and yes my disclaimer right because I'm not even taking notes you know and that for me if you know me I am a note taker so and I usually write a heap of notes before I do something but I'm really just jumping in here and letting it be sort of a bit freeball-y but the thing is is the disclaimer that I'm putting out is when I am speaking about a Taurus energy or Virgo energy or Aquarius energy I am not specifically relating it to a person astrology isn't people What happens when you become an astrologer is you have this level of emotional detachment and emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence to be able to separate the two. Now, everyone has all 12 signs within them. So if you hate a sign, you ultimately hate, you know, probably that part of your life that that sign represents or you don't have good flow and alignment with it. So you can check that house that that sign represents for you if you really don't like a sign, but really you don't like a person. Let's be honest. You married someone, they're an asshole, they may have cheated, all the things. So you don't, you, you then umbrella every single sign being that. And of course that's completely untrue. So the thing is, is that when I talk about signs, I'm talking about the archetypes. Will I mention people and things? Absolutely. I'm an experimental astrologer. I am an embodied astrologer. Everything for me is about real life. Like how can we make this work in our real human life? Life is so fucking magical. I'm sitting here watching the, my beautiful leopard tree with her beautiful yellow flowers waving at me in this beautiful day. So the thing is, and that's love, that's love right there, right? Um, so when we move the, remove the emotional attachment to a sign, we can start to see the archetype for what it is. And a Taurus archetype is, you know, exactly what I said. And, And, you know, my husband was like, ultimately, babe, he goes, bulls are made for fucking. And I'm like, 
excellent. And if you are a fellow Taurus, maybe you feel the same. And that's what we're made for. And it's a good time. Um, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a very highly sexual um, Highly, highly sexual sign. Probably, yeah, very, very sexual. And so just, uh, you know, my little, my little, oh, if you haven't had, you haven't had sex until you've had sex with a Capricorn. And that's Mars. Mars and Venus are both in Capricorn now, the divine masculine, the divine feminine. Mars is around our action, our initiation, our moving forward. It is the masculine sign. Now he is exalted in the sign of Capricorn, meaning this is one of his most favorite places to be. Okay. So his other two favorite places to be are his home sign Aries and his traditional home sign of Scorpio. Okay. Then he is exalted in the sign of Capricorn. So at the moment, we've got this great, and he's, they're around halfway through. So we've still got a couple of weeks of, um, of this beautiful conjunction that's happening. Mars is about taking action and being productive and getting our work done. And because he's hanging out with Capricorn, um, Venus in Capricorn, I should say, you know, she is that peace, love, harmony, relationships, balance, creative energy, how we love, how we want to be loved, you know, but in Capricorn, she's very businesslike. Okay. She's got this real business archetype on. She's ambitious. She wants to achieve goals. She, her creative projects, you know, she's putting work into them. So Mars conjunct Venus is work. Okay. It's work. Maybe you're working on your relationship. Maybe you've got a project that you're working on. Maybe you're working out, you know, this is all around work and, and this is good. You know, this is good. But of course, then we can have sexy times, you know, Mars and Venus together. It's, it's the Eros, you know, it's that sexual urge within us, which is Mars. Um, one of my beautiful friends who's an astrologer, Katie says, you know, Mars is how we fight and how we fuck. And he so is, that's exactly what he's for. So he shows our fighting style and our fucking style. So ultimately my Mars is in Taurus. Yep. I'm the bull. I'm the horny fucking bull. So (laughs) welcome to my life. I have lots of planets in Taurus, including Venus. I have Venus and Mars both in Taurus. Um, and Venus's home sign is Taurus. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on now, but I, I hope that you can feel the energy of what I've just described around this Mars-Venus conjunction and how sexual it is, how creative it is, how abundant it can be, how it's a really great time to sort of kick things off, like get moving, get working. Okay, that's what we want to do because Mars will, um, you know, move into Aquarius, which is real great, which is, you know, I I love Mars in Aquarius, one of my favorite Mars placements, really, again, innovative genius. We're taking action on, you know, a lot of the seeds that we're planting with Mars in Capricorn. So whilst you're taking action, you're also taking responsibility for what you want and what you desire. Yeah, taking responsibility for your joys, taking responsibility to carve out time for pleasure, leisure and love, which is Venus. Yeah. So as we're doing that, Mars will then move into Aquarius, um, it's, which is another Saturn ruled sign. So there's still this rigidity there and there's still this energy of work, but we have uh, Uranus there. So this innovation, this genius. Yeah. So, and then Mars is in, in Pisces and so on and so forth. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be talking all about this stuff as we go on, but this, this is a really beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, time, uh, that we've got with Mars and Venus together. So the sun also moves into Pisces this week. Hello and happy birthday to all you beautiful fishies out there. Uh, so on the 19th, the sun will move into Pisces. I just need a drink of water because all the words, right? Mm. Um, I feel like I need to be Carl Barron. If you've watched Carl Barron, like 
he's a stand-up comedian, he's a Gemini, and so he gets up and he talks and then he does like a gurgle thing with the water and because you can't see me, like you've just got to like listen to me drink the water. Anyway, I'm in my closet, as you know that I'm in my closet, and the sun moves into Pisces. So we have Pisces season starting on the 19th and Pisces is the last zodiac sign. So we enter the last month of our astrological year, okay? So for astrologers, January 1st isn't the beginning of our year. It's the beginning of the Gregorian calendar year. I work with it in a numerological sense. Um, Love January 1. For me, I have a real kickstart once that lunar new year pops in because that's the first new moon um, in Aquarius and the lunar new year kicks in and, 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 you know, that feels really good for me. And then the astrological new year is this whole – we begin – the new turn of the wheel, darlings, like that's what it comes to. Pisces is the 12th sign in the zodiac. And this is, you know, I call Pisces the birth canal, you know, because our 12th house is just before we're born. And when we're born, you know, that's our rising sign on our, on our natal chart. And the 12th house and the first house can show birth and things like this. Yeah. So Pisces season for me is the birth canal. It's we enter the womb of the Zodiac. So we move from this very intellectual, heady, detached Aquarius energy, which wants logic, you know, um, to this elusive, dreamy, idealistic, spiritual sometimes rose-coloured glasses, Pisces season, which I think we are all craving right now. Um, I'm super excited about the next few seasons of um, the sun. Um, As the sun moves through Pisces, Aries and Taurus, such a good time, such a good time. I can't wait to keep sharing all of that. So we're moving into Pisces season. But before that, this is the main thing that I want to share before I wrap up, is this incredibly big event that we have. And this is the full Leo, full moon in Leo. Okay. So this is happening Thursday, the 17th on, um, at 2.55 AM. So very early hours of the morning, uh, at 27 degrees Leo. Okay. So again, if you listen to last week's, you know that I really sort of banged on about that 27 degree, that the nodes are there, that Pluto's there. There's a lot going on with this 27 degrees. And now we have this full moon in Leo. Now, ultimately, uh, you know, because it's at 2.55 in the morning, you, you know, pay attention on the 16th as she builds because, you know, we're going to be feeling her build. Excuse me. And then, of course, the day of the 17th. She will move out of Leo on the 17th, though. So, but, but you know, so she will be in Virgo by the evening of the 17th. However, that real build up and pop is important astrologically because what's happening is she is the missing leg of this grand fixed square. Now in the sky at the moment, the fixed signs are Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius and Leo. Yeah. So we're in Aquarius season, darling. So the sun is in Aquarius. Saturn's also in Aquarius. Mercury is moving into Aquarius, right? So we're going to have this Aquarius little party. The sun will be at 27 degrees of Aquarius on Thursday the 17th, which means then the moon, if it's a full moon, will also be at 27 degrees, but in the opposite sign, and that is of Leo. That is how we get our full moons, okay? The full moon has to be in the opposite side to 
opposite sign to the sun because the only way we see the full moon is from the reflection of the sun. That's why solar energy is so important. And and it's something that I, I've been working with for years is the solar alchemy and these seasons of the sun. They're very, very important. Yeah. So we have the nodes, which are the nodes of the moon in Scorpio and Taurus. So Taurus is the north node, Scorpio is the south node. So in the sky at the moment, uh, once the moon moves into Leo, Leo becomes what's called like the anchor point, becomes the missing leg. Because when, you know, until there's a planet in Leo, the sun moves into Leo season, um, we, we're not going to have that fourth sign being anchored, okay, that missing leg. So, I mean, of course, every month the moon moves through Leo for a couple of days. So the moon will constantly be activating Saturn, who is in Aquarius, because the, the sun moves out of um, Aquarius this week, lovers, all right? Like we move out of that. But the nodes will be in Scorpio and Taurus and plus Uranus is also in Taurus as well. So there's a lot of fixed energy. So if you have a lot of fixed stuff in your chart, you know, you are feeling it. It's a tense time and a time that I've been saying, like, we're just sort of getting fucked up the arse, us fixed charts. And like, well, if that's okay, that's a good time. I mean, it, it can be a little bit frustrating, right? Like it's, it's a huge time for fixed charts right now with this, with this, all this fixed energy. But anyway, let me get back to stop talking about sex so much, even though that's difficult, but um, you know, it is Valentine's Day and all, but <laughs> 27 degrees of Leo is where this full moon is at making this missing element there in the sky. Yeah. Like, so in the sky, you could like, if you look at the chart, you can draw a big square. Okay. So the nodes will be at just have popped into 26 degrees. So the sun is squaring the nodes. The moon is squaring the nodes. Okay. So this is a very, for me, this is one of the biggest full moons of the year. Okay. Because the nodes are really active in a tight square. Um, and both luminaries, which are the sun and the moon, are activating the nodes, which are, of course, the nodes of the moon. So all of this in a roundabout way is fate, karma, dharma. Are you on purpose? Are you feeling held back? And I wrote in my, um, I wrote in my Monday musing around this quote that I seen, heal the root so the tree is stable. And this feels so powerful right now because the full moon will illuminate any past trauma, Scorpio South Node. Okay, so what is the drama that you create in your life? What is, where do you need control? Where are you still attached to the past? Where are you still attached to the story? You know, when people say, oh, I'm, I'm completely over that, but then are happy to relive that story. You know what? The body actually thinks you're still going through that. I mean, I'm a quantum physics nerd. I met Joe Dispenza very early in my, in my 20s. Um, and we talked about how just reliving a story, your body, the cells, the neuropathways think that you, you're actually going through it again. So are you really over something or are you just saying you're over something? For me, time doesn't heal wounds. Making a decision to heal wounds, heal wounds, right? It's a choice. Healing is a choice. So with the South Node in Scorpio, this very traumatic, attached, controlling, you know, these are just some of the Scorpio, uh, you know, traits, the, the, the archetype, because Scorpio is a fixed water sign and water holds memories, right? So this is a great full moon to illuminate any memories that you are still holding on to. Yeah. Anything that's still stuck 
in your cellular pathways, in your, in your makeup, in your energetic field, in your auric structure, yeah? A lot of people are having broken auras right now. Like they're not containing their energy fields very well because there's a lot of white noise out there. There's a lot of heaviness. This is a time to pull in, yeah? Let the, the Leo full moon illuminate your own wounds in a quiet place in the dark. Where does the oak tree start? A seed deep into the earth in the dark. Heal the root so the tree is stable. Heal the root, the drama, the attachments, the stories, the trauma, Scorpio South Node. So the tree, the entire tree, the branches, the flowers, the leaves is stable. The tree is Taurus, my darlings. So this full moon for me, one of the biggest full moons to watch for 2022. You want what will be illuminated is wounds and traumas and then where you want to go because the north node is also being activated here. Yes, in a square. However, that's tension. Okay, this is tension. Like, are you really on purpose? Are you really shining your light? Or are you sort of succumbing to what everyone else thinks you should do? Is what you're doing really in alignment for you? Is your path forward blocked because of the old patterns, stories, habits, trauma, control, whatever that is for you? You know, you just, everything that I've said, if it doesn't land, cool, let it go. (laughs) You don't need to hold on to it. But what is it for you? There might be something for you that needs to be illuminated. So this is, you know, this is so, you know, that that quote, heal the root so the tree is stable, really feels very north node, south node um, in Taurus and Scorpio because Scorpio is the darkness, okay? Not in a bad way. Scorpio is mystical and psychic and, you know, is is able to transcend and manifest and mystify. And that Scorpio archetype is incredibly powerful, incredibly potent for us to all work with. We've all got these powers somewhere in our chart, wherever Scorpio lands, yeah? And then the North Node is urging us in, in, in Taurus to come back to the simplicity, to come back to what's organic for you, what's in your true nature. Are you out of alignment by trying to be something that you're not square peg round hole, right? So this incredible powerful event you know I'm calling this an event this Leo full moon is an event because of the degree yeah we just had uh you know a full moon eclipse when was it like uh was it yeah November of 2022 which was 26 degrees of Taurus this 26 27 degree point is just like bam 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 there is a lot going on there especially moving forward with all the Mercury retrogrades this year we're having a lot of activations at this point so Interesting that this full moon is is here at 27 degrees of Leo, which would square off that point and that eclipse point back in November. So sort of check back to that eclipse in November, like how how did that go down for you? Yeah. Um, and as Leo has it, you know, this is grand, this is big, you, you know, something that I'm really cultivating this year 
I mean, and I have a stellium in Taurus, but the North Node's really helping me activate that. The North Node's, you know, really activating my Venus at the moment. Um, it's it's sextiling my moon, opposing my Uranus. You know, I've got some really beautiful, beautiful transits, um, as well as all the fixed fuckery that's going on. You know, these these fixed nodes I've been totally frothing on. And yes, we will have to go to the underworld. We will have to dive deep with the Scorpio South Node. If you are not ready to face the truth and face yourself, it will destroy you. I am not going to lie, right? But there is the deliciousness of life in its brutality and its beautifulness. Life is brutal and beautiful, right? And we're getting that in the Scorpio and Taurus nodes. Brutal and beautiful. What is what is Taurus? Beauty, right? It's beauty. It's nature, you know, this, and this feels so aligned for me because I've got Lilith and Scorpio in my first house. So for me, organic beauty, organic being in alignment, being sovereign and not being coerced by outside things for me is what is simple truth. Yeah. A, a lovely quote that I've uh, always lived by when I was doing work with Brandon Bays back in my 20s was um, if it's complicated, it's the ego. You know, where there is complication, there is ego, simplicity, God. And that is such an epic line for this North and South node as well. So if you're making it complicated, let this Leo full moon illuminate the complication. Why is it complicated? It's control usually, or it's fear, or it's darkness, or it's a trauma that you haven't tended to. Can we tend to our traumas? Yeah with gentleness, with love and with compassion. And that's something that is really important for me to cultivate this year is the compassion. It's not be so hard on myself. If I don't do something I say I'm going to do, I can accept, I can observe, and then I go about it the next day. And with Leo, Leo has this very regal attitude of, you know, everything's fine, everything's good on the outside, but there's a lot of harsh words. The inner critic of a Leo is very, very, very strong because they are ruled by the sun, darlings, you know, the sun, <laughs> you know, you can't get away from the sun, right? So there is high expectations, high judgments, and this energy of needing to be perfect. So again, I ask, where can you relax? Where can you let go of that? And invite some Leonian play into your life, yeah? Invite some Leonian play, and we're in the year of the tiger. I mean, it's not a lion, but it's a fucking feline, right? You know, they're the guardians of play. Playful, fun, light. So this Leo full moon, I urge you to allow what needs to be illuminated to come up and to face that because this is a very dharmic full moon, okay? So this full moon, the, nor uh, the, the new moon in Leo that we'll have, and of course our eclipse seasons, you know, are, are my are my top moons of 2022. And this full moon is just a, like I said, it's an event. It is an event. So pay attention to your karma, what needs to be let go of, and your dharma, where you're heading. So you will find clues and synchronicities within that. I'm excited. It feels like a great week. You know, I can really feel energy starting to shift. I'm totally looking forward to Pisces season. I'm really looking forward to this full moon, despite it being nearly exactly square my Venus and exactly square my fucking Uranus. But anyway, like I will survive as I always do, right? I'm, I, you know, so for me, I've got a fixed, I will have a fixed 
grand square in my actual natal chart. So in the sky, I'm talking about the fixed square. Yeah, this grand fixed square, Leo the missing leg. So if you've got planets um, in these fixed signs, in those late degrees of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio or Aquarius, you will also have um, this really hitting off your own fixed square in your own chart. So it's big times, darlings. It's big times. Pay attention. It's exciting. I'm feeling a real element of excitement this week and that, yeah, some karma and dharma is going to unfold. There's going to be some great things to let go. I've already been processing some things where I'm holding on and where I need to loosen up. That sort of already happened for me over the weekends, which has been great, a great revelation. So a really good time to be honest with ourselves and to enjoy this luscious, luminous Leo full moon. Okay, lovers. That's it for me for this week. Have an incredible week and you will hear from me next week. Bye.